All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. You are now listening to the professional Homegirls, it's the kid Ebene from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl and at the PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. I am super excited to have my guest on the show today as she will be sharing her journey on becoming a hypnotherapist. So to my guest, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm well, thank you for asking. Of course. So I know that some of the listeners might have an idea of what hypnotherapy is, but for those who don't, can you please explain what it is? Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go, y'all. <laughs> So hypnotherapy, um, let's first, let's just think about the word mm -hmm. hypno. So you have hypno and then you have therapy. And hypno is a Greek word for sleep. Mm. Well, it is derived from the word hypnos, um, H-Y, 
H-Y-P-N-O-S, I believe, hypnos, which is a, a Greek word that means sleep. And therapy, you know, it's a process of helping people to heal through mm. various modalities. So it's a combination of, um, we're calling it sleep and we're putting that in air quotes, sleep as in like trance, Mm -hmm. um going into an altered state we're going to call that sleep that's how you know the word sleep is um later defined and so it's a it's a process of helping someone heal through the use of um an altered um um sort of i won't say altered uh reality but um um an altered state of mind mm -hmm. essentially mm-hmm yeah, you do have one of those voices that be that be on TV um hypnotizing people. <laughs> Your voice is very soothing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So what were your thoughts on hypnotherapy before you started providing it to your clients? Well, um, I thought that it was in alignment with what I believed in terms of um just the power of the mind. I was always like a power of the mind kind of person, even growing up, because my mother would say mind over matter. She would always say mind over matter. And that was like a hot thing to say back then. And um, and I remember she she basically was saying, you know, strengthen your mind, use your mind and whatever you think about, you can bring about whatever you can do, you know, from the mind, you can change your life, you can change your experiences so although she didn't put it that way that I as a kid I pretty much you know put two and two together figured out that's what she meant mm -hmm. and I remember as young as nine years old I wanted to put it to test and so um because she would you know it was just always in my ear mind over matter mind over matter so one time at nine I think I ate a lot of eggs because I loved eggs and I probably ate way too many eggs I was just eating all kinds of eggs I would make egg sandwiches eggs and mayonnaise eggs oh and wow jelly. <laughs> yeah I mean we use eggs for everything wait where are you from you from the south I'm actually from Philadelphia Oh, wow. That's real country. <laughs> That's very country. My husband always said, you're from Philadelphia, Mississippi. And I'm like, no, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But right. um, well, because my parents were from the deep south, but they raised us up north. Mm. And so we had a lot of country ways living in the heart of the inner city yeah that's real country <laughs> oh it's very country so we I mean we ate scrambled eggs and rice and mayonnaise sandwiches and egg sandwiches with ketchup and mustard you know you name it so I think I was just vegging out on eggs one time so much so that I, I felt sick and I I got a headache and I think it was like my first time getting getting a headache at nine years yeah. old and I was like oh my god and I felt so bad and somehow I got over the headache. I guess it just eventually went away. And I remember saying to myself, I'll never get a headache again, that I will never allow myself to have a headache. And I just really said that to myself over and over again. And I did not have a headache again from age nine all the way up to my early 40s. What? And mm -hmm. I, and I, I feel bad about like that it's that the the trend ended in my 40s and it was mainly because of hormonal reasons my body's just going through a whole nother you know right. phase in life but I was like oh my god I was on a 30 some year streak you know but but that to me was like me that was my message to say wow 
I can use my mind just by thinking something, I can change the course of my reality. And so that was the very first time that I just, you know, really made the connection as to why I was so interested in hypnotherapy. I don't want to jump ahead, but now I want to ask you, do you think that we can, so can you hypnotize yourself? Yes, all the time. I hypnotize myself all the time. I teach people how to hypnotize themselves. In fact, most of us are hypnotized anyway. <laughs> like, mo- well, we're hypnotized by advertisement, mm, you know, yes. marketing. We're hypnotized by our teachers, our preachers, our parents hypnotized in the sense that you know they have when people have authority over us oftentimes the the words that they use can resonate resonate with us and cause us to think something different or believe something different or you know embrace something that Mm -hmm. maybe we weren't designed to embrace you know maybe someone said to us at you know eight years old hey you're you're not smart or you can't do this or you can't do that and those messages start to play in your mind and they become, you know, part of your subconscious beliefs mm. and they get embedded deep down. And it's like a hypnotizing effect, you know? So that's one way how we're hypnotized, but we're hypnotized just in general, like um, when we're driving our cars and, mm. you know, you go the same route every day. And all of a sudden you you might be on, on the you might be on the telephone, you might be listening to the radio, but you really just lose sight of how you got to where you were when you were driving. You might look up and be like, wow, I don't remember passing five exits, or you don't really remember making that left turn or that right turn. You just kind of like on automatic because you just already know how to get home. Mm. That's a trance. That's sort of like being in a trance. Nah, this conversation gonna be lit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So now, damn, you messing up my order. <laughs> but now, so would you say that manifestation or manifesting is a, a form of hypnotizing yourself? Yes, yes, I, I would say that because as you focus on a specific idea, right, and you concentrate on that idea, then you can help bring it to fruition. And yeah, and it's like, it's really teaching our subconscious mind to embrace a new thought or a new belief. And when we start to embrace that new thought or that new belief, then the players outside of our lives start to help us make it become manifest. Mm. You're real spiritual, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? I'm serious. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I believe deep. in... I didn't think the conversation was going to get this deep. <laughs> I would, tell me what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know what to think because I never, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you haven't had a chance to listen to the show because I'm you out here doing the Lord's work. But um, conversations like this always, like, pique my interest because, you know, when you think of being hypnotized, which I'm going to ask you about later, you think of get out or you think of, like, certain, what the media shows us. So I didn't think of it that it was going to go this route, which is very interesting and is educational. Yeah. See, the Get Out movie, first of all, I love the movie. Me too. Um, 
<laughs> I love the movie <clears throat> and I had great fun with it because of course obviously I'm a hypnotherapist and I'm seeing that and the woman in the in the movie she was a psychologist who did hypnosis on this guy and he went into the sunken place and I drink tea and she was using her little tea and her you know her spoon so I had great fun with that we're a movie going family so we just enjoyed that mm -hmm. the, the the difference between what she does and what I do is that she forced him to go into an altered state. Mm. He was, he went against his will. He did not want to do that, right? They strapped him to the chair. They forced him and he went down into this sunken place and it wasn't healing. So hypno that's hypnosis. Hypnosis can, hypnosis can take you there if that's where the person who's doing it wants to take you. But hypnotherapy is therapeutic. It's helpful. It's mm. for you to reach a goal. It's not for you to just bark like a dog and quack like a duck and act a fool, right? That's hypnosis. Mm. Hypnotherapy is using hypnosis in a therapeutic way. So if someone says, I want to sleep better, or I want to lose weight, or I want to gain self-esteem, or if I want, you know, I want to... Uh, overcome public speaking like these are all healthy and helpful things that the hypnotherapist will help you do and achieve and you know what I was going to ask you is hypnosis and, hip and hypnotherapy the same thing but I was like no it is the same thing let me just take that question out but it's not the same thing well in in many ways it is the same thing right the technique can be very similar right right your um um, you're inducing a trance, you're helping someone to relax their mind and their body in such a way um, that they can receive and be open to suggestions. Right. In hypnosis, or if you see stage hypnosis, the suggestion could be just for comedic relief, you know, fun, entertainment. So they may suggest that you jump up and down or that you flop over or that you lay on the floor, right? I'm going to do the same thing. I'm suggesting also, but my suggestion is never to make you um, feel like you're making a fool out of yourself, but that you're reaching a specific goal. But could you so, do that? Mm -hmm. Could you do hypnosis? Like stage hypnosis? I probably could. I'm not trained as a stage hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Stage hypnotists, they have a really good skill and their skill is to be able to hypnotize someone very rapidly mm. um my training is not to although i've been trained to do some rapid hypnosis but i don't need to do it rapidly because my style and the way i'm trained is to develop a rapport with you so that you trust me so that you're open with me and you feel relaxed with me. A, hip, a stage hypnotist, they don't have time for all that. They, they can just assess you in five seconds, boom, put you in a trance and boom, 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 you're out of the trance and on to the next person because they're not interested in establishing a relationship and a right. rapport. Mm -hmm. hmm. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> I've been doing this since um, 2013. Wow. Mm -hmm. So how did you get started? I got started because I went to a substance abuse conference. Mm. And um, because I'm a psychotherapist as well. And um, 
And so I went to this conference just to learn about substance abuse and how mm -hmm. to, you know, do some treatments and so forth. And one of the speakers, there was many speakers, one of the speakers said she was a hypnotherapist. And I was like, okay, wow, a hypnotherapist here doing substance abuse? That was really, it just, I mean, piqued my interest because at that time I was just so interested in the power of the mind and mm -hmm. manifestation and the subconscious mind and all of that. And so... And, and, and when you're reading that kind of stuff, you read a lot about hypnosis and the power of, you know, trance work and so forth. So when she said that, I approached her and um, she said she we would keep in touch and we just kept playing phone tag. We never linked up. Mm. And and so I just said, OK, that's not going to work. So I just started doing my own research and I found a woman in um, in New York. Mm. who had a thriving hypnotherapy practice in Manhattan. She was an African-American woman. I looked her up. I was just so amazed because I hadn't seen any African-American women doing this back in 2013. And she was like, yeah, I had been doing this for about five years back, you know, prior to 2013. I was mm. like, wow. And I was just so intrigued with her. And we just started talking about it and she was you know recommending different things I could do in different way you know different places to get trained and so forth and before I knew it I was getting on a plane going to you know I'm not even going to recommend the school I went to <laughs> but um I well, was getting good. on a plane to go there it was an excellent school the teaching was bar none it was amazing Ooh. but I the teacher I believe he was racist. Like mm -hmm. he had certain aspects about him that I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> right. But he could teach his butt off. But the way he handled some of his students, I, I yeah, I, I just decided I wasn't going to recommend it. Mm. Um, and that's so awful because I, I, I was trained very well. And, um, and I appreciate it. And I continue to get training. Like I don't, you know, I just always sharpening my skill. Right. But that's how I got into it. So how was your first session? <laughs> you got, I am intrigued by you now. You got my full attention. You got me working on a Saturday, y'all. Like, I'm like, wow, I am so intrigued by this conversation. Yeah. So my first session as a therapist or as a client to oh, receive it so I was mm -hmm. going to ask you that later so let's do it as a therapist okay oh wow so of course it's scary you know you're like oh my gosh what if I do something wrong you know you know what if all the what ifs but you know of course when you're tr going through the training you know we practice so much that you know I I, I knew that I could do it but right the confidence level, part of being a really good hypnotherapist, you have to be really, really confident. Mm. Think about it. When you th when you see the guys out in, because I say guys, because most of the stage and outdoor hypnotists and entertainment hypnotists, they're usually men. There are some women out there. Right. But when you think about it, they, they, they do seem very confident, right? They have you know, they're walking up to strangers. They're telling you that I can hypnotize you and you're like, what? You know, so there, it comes with a level of confidence. And I think that's why most outdoor stage hypnotists are males, because I think generally they're just right. more, I don't want to say arrogant, but 
they just are more self-assured in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the vast majority of the people in our in, in my training was male. There was women there too, but it was a lot of male. The teacher, the facilitator, was male. He was very confident, overly confident. Um, he sounded white. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was. He was. Um, and so, so when I had my first client, of course, I had to conjure up that confidence. That's how I know you, spiritual. Conjure up. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say Bill. She said Conjure. Yes. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to because this person is entrusting their healing right. in you, you know? Right. And you're saying, I can help you. You're saying, I can help you. And they're like, okay, help me then, you know? But the thing is, is that it's not about me just helping you. Mm-hmm. It's about both of us traveling together mm. and both of us going through this trance together. And so I can't help someone to enter a trance state if I'm not in it as well. So I'm in it a little bit, but not a, you know not so much so that I can't do my work, but just my own voice can entrance me, <laughs> you know, right. so as I'm talking and of course, I use a certain rhythm and a certain tone and cadence that I could lull myself into a very relaxed state. Yeah, because I feel very relaxed right now. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, she's not hypnotizing me. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. so relaxed. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So yeah. I read on your site that your approach is rooted in social justice through the lens of multi-generational trauma. What do you mean by that? Or can you expound on that? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I do mostly work with um, Black women, um, Mm -hmm. Afro-Latina, BIPOC, Mm -hmm. um, Indigenous women. I've worked with um, uh, East Indian women. Anyone who considers themselves, you know, they're not white, um, they recognize their blackness and their um, some some of them are have been marginalized for one reason or another. Right. I do work with white women as well. Let me just say that, but the vast majority of the clients that come to me are are black or BIPOC, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so because of that, I understand that the pain and trauma and all of the things that we go through as black women. Um, is often rooted in um, in various generations, and things have been kind of passed down from one generation to the next. If I don't incorporate that in my understanding as I work with people, then I'm just seeing them as this human being right here and right now without right. a history. And I have to recognize that they have a mother and a father and a grandmother and a grandfather and a great-grandmother and a great-grandfather and it goes back 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 and a lot of the patterns and the behaviors and the communication styles and the addictions Mm -hmm. and the trauma and the love Mm -hmm. right the good stuff too gets passed on and oftentimes we're just not even aware of it 
it just seeps into our everyday life and our interactions. And we have no idea that your great grandmother used to do and say the same thing. Or mm -hmm. people say, well, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm just afraid of cats. Well, how did you come to be afraid of cats? And they just don't know. But then we find out, oh, your great grandmother was afraid of cats. And so she taught her daughter to stay away from cats. And when you grew mm. up, you just avoided them. Right. Right. So that's what I mean by just coming from that lens, social justice, understanding the impact that society has on how we show up, mm -hmm. the systems that we interact with every day, the legal system, the religious institutions, the banking institutions, the educational institutions, the family institution, like all of these things in society help to shape and inform who we are today. Mm. So I incorporate all all of that in my work. Mm. So what would you say are some misconceptions about hypnotherapy? Well, one is that you can get stuck in it. That's a, that's a misconception, right? You cannot get stuck in hypnosis. Mm. You can't get stuck in it. What happens is if, if, if I'm helping someone to, if I'm hypnotizing someone and I, I don't know, I just walk out the room and they're just like in this trance, they're not going to get stuck there. They might be there for a little bit, but then they will realize, huh, I don't hear anyone talking to me. I don't sense anyone is around me. I'll just open my eyes. And so you still have the ability to function and make choices on your own. And you'll just come to mm -hmm. and you realize that okay let me get up and go home nobody's <laughs> no one is okay. no one's tending to me anymore so you can't get stuck so that's one misconception the other one is is that you just kind of like tell all the truths you know you say things that that you would not normally say or you do things that you would not normally do mm -hmm. so it's 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 an agreement when people say and do things in hypnosis is because they want to. Mm. You see that in TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a part of them that wants to do that. That you know, it allows you to be uninhibited. So if you are a person that would never like dance on the stage or take your clothes off or anything like that, if someone calls you up, and and said and ask you if you want to be hypnotized and you say yes you're agreeing to be uninhibited like you you're allowing that part of you that needs to be expressed to be expressed because you would not do it in your conscious state but in your subconscious state your unconscious state you'll do it because it's like you really want to right and so it gives you the space to do it it allows you to explore that part of yourself Hmm. Why do you think this get a bad rep? Because I feel like from what I'm hearing from you is not what I'm seeing on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Hollywood has made it a bad rap. Has right. given it a bad rap. Yeah, it, it just needed to. I think it started off as um, like a snake and oil kind of thing where people would go around um, you know, offering people like potions and, you know, get rich quick things and this will heal you just use just drink this magic juice. Right. So it came up in that era. Right. And so 
um, you know, people would say, oh, I can hypnotize you even way back when they would hypnotize people and people would fall out. And, you know, the scientists would say, oh, that's bunk. It didn't really happen. It's fake. And so it was always put into that kind of circus sort of, you know, environment where people were just doing all sorts of things for a quick buck, right? But, but there is there is a history that show that some people were like giving people different drugs or different things to make them fall out or, you know, to experience a, a, an induced trance. Mm. And then, and then I know when I was a kid, we would grow up and see people like walking like zombies and they would just be completely mesmerized by something or someone, right? Whether it's a, their eyeballs would be spinning or there'll be some sort of, you know, uh, watch that would go back and forth, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing because sometimes I do use a pendulum, mm -hmm. right? But back then people like pull out a stopwatch and then all of a sudden you would be mesmerized and you would do whatever the person says. Right. Well, it turns out that there is a, a person named uh, Franz Mesmer, which is where Mesmerize came from. Mm, and he come was... on, education. <laughs> yeah, and so that that term Mesmerize came from Franz Mesmer. And his technique was about animal magnetism. And it, it just goes, it's, it's very deep and, and detailed. But people like um, Sigmund Freud and all of those mm -hmm. great, you know, old school white male um, psychologists, you know, the, some many of them tried hyp, hyp, hypnosis for a while. Um, some of them stuck with it. Some of them, some of them gave it up. Um, and so it just had a, a an interesting history you know, where it was accepted and then it wasn't accepted. Well, I think in the, don't get me wrong, I don't want to misquote the date, but the American Psychological Association has de determined that uh, hypnotherapist is a valid method of healing. Mm. And so now it's accepted in the health and, and, and mental health spaces as a valid technique and modality. Mm. So who would you say would be a good candidate for hypnotherapy or like what type of conditions would they need to have or does it really matter? Yeah, well, you would be a good candidate. No, I'm just kidding. I, know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, damn, I, I kind of want to try it, but I don't know. <laughs> well, but be, let me say this. You asked me before about the misconceptions. Let me just also say that another avenue of misconceptions is the Black church. Mm. Um, and probably all churches, not just the Black church. I say Black because that's usually who I'm working with. Right. But religion, religion in general, Christianity specifically, um, it deemed it as wrong, bad, you know, and, and, and many pastors will have scripture to support that and say, you know, in the Bible, it says, don't be hypnotized by such and such and such, right? Um, but there's also scripture, and I cannot quote it right now, I do have it in the article I've written, but there are also scriptures that support hypnosis and that um, uh, the Roman Catholic Church had um, deemed it as appropriate um, you know, they have some terms they use to say that they are in agreement with it. So 
it, I think it just, the church has pushed this notion that no one should take over your mind kind of thing. Right. And I get that no one should take over your mind. And that is not what I do. Right. I don't take over anyone's mind. I just help them to activate and elevate their own mind. Mm. And I can't see how anything or anybody would be against that. Mm. I'm just curious because I do do a lot. I do have a lot of conversations with people that talk about like spirituality and religion. Do you think one day black churches won't matter or just church in general won't matter anymore? And the reason why I ask that, because I feel like when it comes to like older generations, we see the effect black churches had on them. So now we in this new generation where, you know, a lot of things are, are more accepting that churches didn't agree with or didn't, um, they condone. So do you think eventually one day church won't matter? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know that it won't matter. I do know that a young, a lot of the young people are questioning and pushing back on religious ideologies um, that seem to be oppressive and unaccepting and judgmental in many ways. So I think there's always going to be a place for religion and church because it's just been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But I mean, you raise a good point. I, I do think it's just going to be a big shift in the way people accept religion and its place in their life. Mm. Now walk us through what happens during a session without hypnotizing us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so when someone comes, um, one of the things I want to always find out is why do they want to be hypnotized? First of all, like what, what is, what, what is your goal? You know, do you want to, some people say, well, I'm about to have a dental procedure and I want to be able to not feel the pain mm. or, Um, I'm about to give birth and I want to have my childbirth naturally and I want to be able to hypnotize myself so that I can endure the discomfort. Um, Or I want to take a major examination, but I have test anxiety and I really want to overcome that, right? So these are just examples of what people could say. And and it's important that they articulate what they want it for versus oh I just want to try it or I just want to see if it works right because it, I need to have a goal you need to have a goal the person needs to have a goal and, a, and an objective otherwise it's not I don't know how effective it can be mm. right so we want to establish a goal um I, I I'm usually going to ask them have they had any experience with hypnosis already have they done it? Did they know anyone who's had it before? Mm-hmm. What's their, you know, what do they believe about it already? Um, we talk about any myths or misconceptions that they may have about it. And that mm-hmm. way they can be clear because I wouldn't want them to, you know, do the work and then they're thinking about some myth that we didn't address, right? Yeah. So we want to address um, the myths and misconceptions. Um, I go over the three elements of the mind, the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the superconscious mind. What's the I, superconscious mind? 
Well, the super conscious mind is that part of your mind that's sort of like your higher self. It's mm-hmm. that part of your mind that has um, an amazing amount of uh, imagination and intelligence that kind of links you to your higher source, whatever that is for you, right? It's that it's that part where you just have this knowing it's like a knowingness Mm -hmm. that's like beyond your normal just you know like some people say I don't know what came over me but something just made me not go that way and I went this way and then you find out Mm. a a train wreck was over there you know that is so that happened to me so many times so yeah does it Mm. oh yes all the time Mm. I'm like all right God thanks for looking out yeah yeah Yeah. see so you know intuitively that that's the thing that connected you to god Mm -hmm. right so your conscious mind is what you are right now you're conscious you're alert you're Mm -hmm. oriented right you're all your five senses are intact your inductive and deductive reasoning is there so we're conscious Mm -hmm. your subconscious is that thing that's underneath that it's it's where those deeper beliefs are embedded. Um, your subconscious mind, uh, it, it has sort of um, beliefs that are so deep that oftentimes we can't access them. Um, and sometimes they're not even congruent with, with your conscious thoughts. So for instance, consciously, you might tell me, no, you're good, you're good. She said her name, y'all. <laughs> gonna have to edit that out. But listen, that's whole conversation. I know people are gonna be emailing me. So definitely I'm gonna be sharing your information because I know people are gonna be interested in this service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh I lost my point. Okay, so so yeah, so conscious and then the subconscious in between that is a filtering mechanism. Mm-hmm. And that filtering mechanism. Um, filters in information and, and and filters out information that is not congruent with the subconscious. So, for instance, mm. consciously, um, you might say, "Oh, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm bright. I'm a risk taker. I'm, you know, bodacious. I'm assertive." You may say all this stuff consciously. Mm-hmm. But subconsciously underneath all of that could be, yeah, no, I never do what I say I'm going to do. I'm a procrastinator. I don't feel good about myself. Like all of those, all of those other messages could be running at the same time on a very deep and, you know, subconscious level. Mm -hmm. And so the hypnosis speaks to the subconscious, right? And it speaks specifically to the the filtering mechanism that's between the conscious and the subconscious mind, Mm -hmm. because that filtering mechanism will keep information from going into the subconscious mind. And it just, it's like, it's like having a gatekeeper Mm. and the gatekeeper just keeps pushing out information that doesn't match or isn't in alignment with what the deeper beliefs of the subconscious mind are. Um, and so in hypnosis, that's the part that we want to relax. We want to relax that gatekeeper so that a new opening can allow new suggestions to go down into the subconscious mind to transform those negative beliefs and thoughts. 
man, where were you at? Cause you know what? I, um, I'm getting a lot of work done on my teeth mm-hmm. and I hate going to the dentist. I'm talking about like, I cry. Like, I think it was one time my dentist was like, I can't do this. Cause like I was doing, I was, I was showing my ass off. Like I was doing a lot. Like, but I was, I just, I had a really bad experience as a kid. And uh, when I went to her, like, it was just, that was, oh, I just can't. So I might have to hit you up. Cause I, I gotta get, I'm almost done at the finish line. But I'm like, I get so nervous. Like, mm. like I be like praying. I be even when she like touched my mouth, I just be like, Oh my God. Like I just can't. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I have a video on dental, dental fears on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you, yeah. you was afraid to watch videos of, um, dental work no 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 I, wait. <laughs> no, no the video it's to help people get over their dental fears oh mm-hmm. okay so i'm gonna look at it because my next yeah. is tuesday and i'm getting my tooth pulled not tuesday thursday okay i think on that one i use a technique called tapping mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother podcast but it's a it's a way that you can tap on your body to help alleviate some of the fear oh uh, you know what's so funny I do when I'm at the dentist office I do like this or something like mm. I'm always like touching myself but I'm touching myself in like in a rhythm okay yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay okay I'm about to hypnotize these people child <laughs> <laughs> oh you about to hypnotize them you need to hypnotize yourself <laughs> no I am because I'm sick I, I, I hate going to the dentist so can anyone be hypnotized just about, just about mm-hmm. anyone can be hypnotized. Um, children can be hypnotized very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I don't work with children, but that's because their mind is so open and they have a, a great imagination. And so they allow themselves to go places in their mind where adults are kind of like, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. block themselves. They're going to like tighten up and try to restrict certain things where children are more open. Um, most people can be hypnotized. There are some people with some severe and chronic mental health disorders that is not, you know, in alignment with it mm-hmm. because they might already have visual or auditory hallucinations and things like that. So it's not mm-hmm. really a good thing for them to do. Mm. Uh-huh. Or some people might have cognitive disorders and so cognitive or developmental disorders, so they may not be good candidates, but most people are, and some people are very, some people say they can't be hypnotized, some people say they're too, um, uh, what's the word, they're too analytical to be hypnotized, mm. um, but I've had clients that were all of that, and yeah, we, we broke through that, sometimes it takes a little longer, but they can be hypnotized as well. Mm. you just have to have a willing spirit you just have to want to do it right if you if you want to do it if you're like you know what I want to do it you're going to be able to do it right yeah right Mm -hmm. so tell us about your first time being hypnotized (laughs) (laughs) well my first time was you know when I went to the school to learn how to do it and um yeah racist teacher (laughs) 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 well actually I did have a session with him. He wasn't the very first. It was with another student. Oh, okay. So the students, we had to hypnotize each other all day, every day. Oh, wow. So we did this all the time. It was long and grueling. And we had to work on our own problems. 
you know, our own real issues, real problems. And then, you know, and so I actually had test anxiety for mm. years. And so I was able to get over my test anxiety by when I was actually training as a hypnotherapist. So that was super helpful, but it was great. It was scary. You know, I, I felt a little nervous uh, because of course I'm with these students and I didn't know them. Um, but um, they made me feel comfortable. We had nice, comfortable rooms and chairs. We were able to recline back. You know, we had blankets. We had water. All the things that I still have in my office, you know, right. blankets, water, um, soft music. But I do hypnosis online now. So oh, wow. I just ask my clients to make sure that they're reclining back, that they have some water nearby. They bring a blanket, some pillows. Um, make, you know, I tell them, make sure that no one can interrupt them, um, that the place is quiet and private. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've had clients do it in the car, as long as the car is cut off and they're not in the garage where they get, you know, get overcome by the fumes. Right. People, a lot of people do it in their car because it's like you can lean back in the chair mm -hmm. and it's insulated as long as they're in a safe environment. Yeah, we can do it. Mm. Has anything crazy ever happened during your sessions? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say or anything. Interesting? Uh, well, it's always interesting. Mm, it's always imagine. interesting because everyone is so different and the things that people say and experience is just different from one person to the next. And so I have to have a very open mind because mm. I might lead them and to talk about something or to experience, you know, sometimes I'll take them into a meadow or into a forest or onto, you know, a, a beach or into some warm water or whatever the thing that I'm using, the technique that I'm using to help them reach a particular goal. It, the people experience it so different from person to person to person. And it's like, it just never occurs to it. Sometimes people say things that never occur to me. I'm like, oh, wow. They get things from what I say based on their own life experiences. And sometimes it's just, it's mind blowing. It's exciting. It's creative. Sometimes it, it could be scary for them. And I always tell them it's nothing you could say that would scare me, mm. you know? It's nothing that you could do that would be too much for me. So really? don't hold. Yeah, really. Because I've, I've heard it all. <laughs> mm. I mean, of course, I have not heard it all. But, you know, I've heard a lot. Right. And I just want people to feel comfortable because some people think, oh, that might be too much to share. Mm -hmm. Or that's too deep. Or I might blow your mind. And I'm like, yeah, I doubt it. Exactly. <laughs> right. I've heard so many things. So if someone is interested in trying out this service or being hypnotized, what would you, what would be your advice? So my advice is I prefer, well, first of all, always interview the person to see if that they're a good match uh, for me and that I'm a good match for them. Right. Um, because everyone may not vibe with everyone. Right. Um, but also, I want them to be really serious about their healing. 
And so I don't do necessarily sample hypnosis, like, oh, I just want to try it one time, because I don't believe that one time will do the trick. There are some hypnotherapists and hypnotists that say they only need one one session. Mm. And I just don't, that's just not my philosophy on how it works. Right. Right. I believe that hypnotherapy is like taking vitamin C. Mm-hmm. When you take one vitamin C capsule and you just take it once and you don't take it anymore, guess what's happening? You're going to urinate it all out in mm-hmm. the toilet. It's gone. But if you take it every day, it is a compounding effect. Mm-hmm. It builds on the, on the previous day. It builds and builds and builds into your system. And that's how hypnosis is. It builds on the previous session. So every time someone comes, they get better and better at it. They go deeper and deeper. And so at one time, you're just getting to know me. You're nervous. You're afraid. You're going to, you know, you might be tense. And so you got to really be committed to to coming multiple times. And I have different, you know, session amounts based on what the, you know, the problem is. Hmm. And last but not least, I just thought of this question. Yeah. You be hypnotizing your family? <laughs> Absolutely. I know you do. <laughs> I, you I know. know. <laughs> I know you be hypnotizing your husband. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, men, when they hear that, they're like, oh my God, don't look at me. I'm right. You know, they're always like completely afraid. And I'm like, no, I have no power over you. I just bring out the power in you. I bring oh, out your game right there. <laughs> <laughs> I got to use that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just bringing out your power to heal you. That's it. It's not me doing anything to you. It's me using the words to help you find the power that you already have. Mm. Right. And so with my children in particular, yes, I have done it to them and with them. Um, since they were in, I guess, maybe early middle school, like, you know, or at the beginning of their middle school years. And um, yeah, for tests, Mm. you know, my son, this story, my son was going for a um, a martial arts karate thing. He was trying to win this championship. Mm -hmm. And he was, I mean, to, you know, I don't think he'll get upset with me. I mean, he was okay. He was pretty good, but he wasn't at the top of, of his, um, of his age, you know, group or whatever. He was like a movie or something. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, you know, we made him feel that way, but you know, but but he was so nervous about this this particular tournament, he was so nervous. He didn't want to do it. He thought he wasn't going to get anything. He wasn't going to win. I mean, he was really coming down on himself. And my husband's like, you should do some hypnosis on him. This, you should do something on him because he is just so nervous. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should. So I did. And, you know, it was just, it was, we had a little session and he's, I was like, okay, you, how you feel? He said, I feel great. I'm like, okay. So he got out there on that floor <laughs> and poor guy he I mean he pretty much ran from the guy like they were going in circles and my son (laughs) my poor guy he was just like really because the the boy he was going up against was humongous (laughs) and my son was so tiny (laughs) and they were like 
they were in the same age range and maybe one or two years apart, but the other boy must have had a growth spurt. <laughs> and, and he was like, my son was like, oh my God. And me and my husband were just biting our nails. He's like, oh my God, my son is going to get beat. Because he could have got hurt. Yeah. And so somehow my son, he did, he, you know, he threw a couple of shots. He kicked a couple of times. He ran a couple of times, you know, but he, he did his best. And I think, lo and behold, the other guy got disqualified because he went out of bounds or something mm. a couple of times. And my baby came home with that with that um, trophy. <laughs> and my <laughs> husband said, see, hypnosis worked. But the, th- the thing is uh, that he, his confidence, because he was just so 100% certain that he was not going to win. Mm. And he won, he won. And I was like, oh my God. And I must say, I was very nervous because it did not, <laughs> it did not look good for him. Didn't know how it was going <laughs> I didn't know how. I was like, well, this hypnosis gotta work. And it did. So so yeah, so that's that's um that's a story of of triumph. Yeah. Mm. Now I am so excited we connected. I think this was an amazing conversation. Um you went by so fast. Didn't we? Right? I'm a bit of time. I'm like, we, we drew already. Like, but we was going to call for like, what? Definitely over 45 minutes. I can't see the time. Uh-huh. But um, I'm pretty sure people want to know more about you and support you. So if y'all are interested in learning more about our guests, or if you want to try her service app, if she fits, if she feels like y'all would be a good fit for each other, please make sure to email me at hello at the phgpodcast.com. And if I think that you're not going to waste her time, I would definitely send you her way. So until next next time, everyone, later. Bye-bye. See, you're the first person I didn't have to tell to say bye. People just don't (laughs) say nothing at the end. I'm like, say bye. (laughs) And I'm sitting here waving. I know she's waving, (laughs) y'all. Later. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season... 
we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 